Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where we go through Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological fashion. Um, let's get straight to it. This week we are doing the second part of the uh, manga for Thunderbolt, volumes 8 through 12. Uh, we've got Scotty here. Hey. And we've got Luke here. Hello. And me. Um, so let's, let's go Brain ahead. He has done his hair up like Daryl. I have. It's true. Yeah. He's got the Daryl Lorenz special. It's one of those like koosh hat things. I uh, I also just cut off all of my limbs. <laughs> oh. <That's... laughs> I wanted to really, uh, you know, see what the character was feeling. <laughs> I felt like I really needed to do some method acting for this podcast. It's method acting with a saw. <laughs> now, no one told me that I, I can't get the cool actually functional arms that... Uh, He's got. I feel like some of the modern prosthetics are probably on par, if not better, with than some of their stuff that they have now. I think and, and the leg. I think the leg stuff is, but I've never seen a hand that's anywhere close to being in the same stratosphere as those hands. Yeah, I feel like it's only been a few years that they had a way to like have an electrical impulse in the brain you know, go down to a prosthetic arm and even have it like clamp. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's which like means- open. I'm like motioning. Like you guys can see me. It's like an open, it's just basically like a shut motion and that's it. It's mm-hmm. not like, let me manipulate three individual digits. And those are the old crappy ones. Well, all that really means is we need to initiate a one-year war and have a lot of amputees piloting mobile suits, and we can just have our own living dead division, and that technology will just skyrocket really quick. But only only if we can have 32 Psychozakus. Oh, God. Or 72 virgins or <laughs> 12 disciples. What kind of weird... we got to borrow something from every religion. <laughs> So uh, let's go ahead uh, with volume. So end of volume seven is basically as we talked about where um, uh, December sky ends or not December sky bandit flower. Bandit flower. More um, or less. If things happen in a different order, there's more context in volume seven. I think volume seven is where you start. If you watched up to bandit flower, just so you have some extra context. Right. But right. Then, yeah. So we basically find out Levin Fu is a magical psycho's new type that is running this cult. And the old lady has run a, a new type like orphanage where she did some experiments on kids and he's supposed to die, but now he's like Buddha Jesus. With- yeah, it had a very uh, Flanagan Institute feel, but I think she said, she said it was a job road, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This would, uh, well, the Flanagan Institute is usually associated with Xeon. Right. It's 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 her Federation equivalent of Jabiru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is before Augusta. This is all before Augusta. Right. So, the Xeon knows that the Feds are after the Psychozaku as well. So, so basically, Daryl and his unit have bas- have been assigned to get the Psychozaku back before um, the Federation can get it get their hands on it and adapt the technology um, because, you know, crazy cultists aren't sharing. Um, They don't know where it is, but they know it's in one of 4,000 temples. Way to narrow it down. Yeah. (laughs) Super good intelligence here. Um, 
they we, we get to see a uh, mobile fortress Zock, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it looked way better than the uh, regular original mobile suit Gundam version of it. Yeah, it's a bit, I guess, uh, cleaner looking since the other one is very much looks like something out of a seventies cartoon. Yeah, it, yeah it, I like I like the way he. Uh, see, he I like the way the author and artist um, kind of further developed all these old original designs and made them look cool. Cause a lot of the, like, if you go back and look at a lot of the old seventies robot designs, they kind of compared to what we see now suck. So yeah, it has like boring. It, some of the, the suits in original mobile suit Gundam kind of have that, um, Ultraman power Rangers Sentai feel. Yeah, that's exactly right. What about lumpy Zaku? <laughs> Lumpy Zaku. Remember from uh, Kukuru's Dones Island? Oh, yeah, Chubby Zaku. Yeah. Did I say, yeah, Chubby. That's right. Chubby Zaku. Not well, it, Zaku. It, it went back and forth in that show between like being fat Zaku and like skinny Zaku, and it was just all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Binge and Purge Zaku, that's what we'll call it. They had two animators that were working on uh, conflicting scenes. It was not well thought out. Well, it, that, that's it's pretty common to have studio whiplash in a lot of those old shows. That was, yeah. they were like, "Hey, we can pay these people five cents an hour. Hire like three studios. We can get this into syndication so fast." Anyway, um, what I like at the start of Volume Eight, especially picking this up a few months after initially reading it for the first time. Yeah. Was this that you know sort of like character reintroduction part on the page where you can okay here's here's Daryl and then here's his whole unit here's Sebastian here's Billy here's Janice uh, here's uh, Fisher and uh, Pedro Garcia which I always think like, want to hear Diego Garcia in my head and I, anyway <laughs> um, and you learn that they are working under a uh, commander Johan Gala. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it, but there is an accent on the E, so whatever. And we learned that he is a commander because he was demoted from being a general <clears throat> after being routed at a bow a coup. Yeah. And he uh, it really likes Oriental art and has a big collection of it. And it's implied that what he's really doing where they are is using the Lorenz group and saying that they need to go investigate you know, the psychozaku stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you're getting sent under that pretext, but it's very, very I don't even know if it's just implied. I think he straight up says that he's kind of like sending them out for the art. Yeah, he mentions there's a statue thirty miles from the rig. He he reminds me very much of um man, what is the guy's name that was with uh that was on Earth originally? Uh piloted the Gyan Makuve. Yes. He reminds me very much of like a fat and less competent Makuve. Well, it's, yeah, he's, he's like Makuve in the sense that he likes art is about all I got out of that. Well, Makuve was also kind of like corrupt and all about pomp and circumstance. All of the leadership in both sides is corrupt. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) <laughs> but what about the other five sides? Hey, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so I, I made a couple of bookmarks for one was, I thought, you know, so, so yeah, Lorenz and his squad are being sent to this 
like rig platform thing that, you know, they said, oh, these disabled veterans have been disappearing there. So this is clearly somewhere you need to check for activity related to the Psycho Zaku production. And they're like, all right. And so they head out and they show up on this rig. And I made a bookmark of kind of like exactly what this rig is that we're talking about. So if you haven't read it and you're listening to this because you're curious and want to know a little bit about what happens so that you can go and do it. When we mentioned the rig, uh, what we're talking about is where the Nanyang Alliance has kind of gathered. And what they've done is they have taken oil platforms that the Federation abandoned and they put them in one location to strip them of their steel. And then they eventually opened it up as like a city, like a floating city for refugees after a lot of coastal cities in the Southern hemisphere were flooded by the colony drop. Right. And on, on this rig, we meet uh, a few new characters. The only one that really matters is um, Petty Officer Janice Haraway. And the only reason you know she matters is because the first time you see her, she has massive underboob. Is that how you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say that she rescues Daryl, but that too. Yeah. Hey, you just know, like when you see a chick that has underboob, it's like, ah, she's going to be a significant protagonist. She's got like shorty shorts and like an underboob jacket and like thigh high leather boots. She's got, she's not being inconspicuous, but I love the page. I don't know what page it is, but um, like right after they get to the rig and they pull off their like rain suits or whatever, they have that kind of like album cover page <laughs> showing the whole team. That was kind of my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they basically show up at this rig because they know that all these veterans from the war on, I think both sides essentially have been disappearing from there. And, um, you know, they, they need veterans that have prosthetics to yeah, test the, the psychozaku. Yeah, good candidates for the psychosophers, yeah. Did we see what the rig was? Did you mention that? Yeah, I went through that. It's all those oil platforms that were Yeah, like the oil. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys ever play Xenogears? Yeah. The Thames? Does it, it reminded me of the Thames. Oh, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I, I vaguely remember that. But yeah, the general idea is it's like this. It, it, I really like this volume because of the way it illustrates this setting and it develops a lot of the characters, even the new ones. And it does this through the context of them being here and they're investigating, but at the same time you are getting this, uh, I I use world building for the lack of a better term for just the rig itself. And it's almost presented. It gives you that feeling like they're going through a marketplace. I mean, they they are for a lot of it, Uh, but in a completely foreign different, country or something like that. And it's very unfamiliar, but um, you know, they're, they're there, they're just taking everything in and there's a lot of good character interactions. One that I had to take a note on just to make a joke with uh, you get Sebastian eating a bunch of mealworms, (laughs) dried mealworms. And did that, did you guys ever see ladies, man? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like remember the scene where they're like challenging each other to eat weirder and weirder bar food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. There was a yeah. scene where they showed the kind of like as they're walking through the market and stuff, it kind of pans out and you see the entirety of the rig or mostly the entirety of it, and just to show you the scale and it's pretty gigantic because they seem to focus on this one like central part of the rig, but when they pan out, there's like I don't know, I'm gonna call it thirty. There's like thirty other ones that are all connected by like 
bridges. Yeah, it seems to be pretty pretty massive. Uh, yeah, this. Okay. Uh, yeah this this whole section of of the manga is is very interesting. Like, I feel like this would be a good TV TV show. Like, if you're gonna animate a side story that's not like super about Gundams, I feel like th- that you could have something set here. You know, like yeah. Gundams are in the background, but like, or mobile suits are in the background, but they're not like the the sole focus. Like. Yeah, this, this team that's been on this rig doing this, research and stuff this would like be a great like four episodes of the show. Yeah, yeah. If it was a fifty episode series or something, oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Then it, then it then it would fit in that kind of thing. If they animate anything else, I expect maybe ten minutes. Yeah, maybe. Which is a shame because I think between eight and nine, it's mostly it's all mostly focused on the rig and all of the events there, um, yeah. and like the ensuing events from that. But like. There's so much in these two volumes that I loved that I wish they would make like an entire movie of just those two volumes. Yeah, that that would be pretty good, I think. Like eight of, of everything that we are covering on this episode, volume eight is good. And that's like I wanted to keep reading after that. It it picked up some of what I didn't like and was like, okay, I was like, all right, maybe I didn't like some of it, but I at least can still see where he's going with the story. And then this helped show me why some of the things that uh, um, Otagaki had written and done, like why he was doing them. So uh, I had confidence after reading this volume that there was a plan, that things were happening for a reason. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting setup, how they kind of start wrapping things together in here. Um, Speaking of wrapping things together, we, we see uh, Claudia show back up on the, the rig um obviously the the cult is is in this area and um they're bringing she's bringing a bunch of kids there to get like educated by some other monk um but yeah. like she's very respected because she's the bikuni is what her title is which yeah. i don't know what that is but that's apparently some buddhist like position of reverence yeah but she shows up with these orphans and you see this like big influx of uh the uh, Nanyang soldiers, I guess not soldiers, but like the, basically the soldiers. Um, it seems like there's not a heavy soldier presence until they get there. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like something changes at this point and it might just be because she's there. Um, yeah. But also at this point, because basically Daryl and his crew had just gotten on the rig at this point, um, And then they see her coming in and they kind of they they kind of meet at this point. Um, some old lady knocks Daryl's hair braid off that he scrunchy. Yeah, the scrunchy. Sorry, and um, he like freaks out and tries to get it. Yeah, like, stomped on. His hands are getting crushed, and he gets kind of wrecked. Yeah. Um, Claudia, and then, uh, Claudia, like is like, oh, do you want new prosthetics? I'll give you some new prosthetics. Well, she picks up the scrunchy. <laughs> yeah. And and is handing it back to him. So when you mentioned things getting, you know, beginning to get drawn back together, uh, that's the start of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right there. That like mm-hmm. it kind of comes full circle at that point. Maybe not full circle, but it's starting to be round. Well, and, and remember too that she her attention is the the reason she notices it is when he drops to get it, his radio turns on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts playing that song, mm-hmm. the song he used to play. The the other thing that they don't really follow up on very much is she has a little kid now. 
Yeah, so given the timeline, it's only one year later. It's like 0080 at this point, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I don't think it's her kid. No, you don't I think, think so? Were, no, no, I think no. it's that was like her. a five year old kid that was that she was dragging around. Maybe three. Let's call it three. No, I thought that she was carrying a baby. I, no, it was, it was definitely a toddler because it was walking and holding her hand and talking. So, yeah, I mean, that, look, the kid does call her mama, but I think that's just symbolic because, like Luke said, the kid's walking around holding her hand, at least a couple of feet tall, and there's a lot of other children behind yeah. them. And I just took it as a symbolic. Yeah, I think thing. it was just a, she. She's kind of like acting as the the matronly influence to all these. Uh, these orphans yeah. that they're kind of forcibly, I say forcibly, but they didn't seem to mind it, um, forcibly inducting them into the. Uh, uh, yeah, man, that's a cool. <laughs> yeah, it's. And, and then they have like a flash to a scene um, where they show the monks are apparently using dead bodies under the rig to um, attract fish that are being used to get food for the rig. I thought that was kind of gross, but. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's like a super, super, super short little like moment too. Yeah, it just like really, it, it. it really impacted me. And we, we kind of skipped one thing where we were talking about the commander of Daryl's unit, the 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 Makuve wannabe, um, yeah. where like they attacked that um temple and like they were raping people and stuff like that. It's just kind of like showing like some of the harshness of both sides, I thought, um, in this 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 manga. Yeah, there's a one thing I did want to bring up. There's a line from Pedro. It was right after what we talked about with Claudia and Daryl, and just before the thing with the you know them using the dead bodies to feed the fish. Uh, Pedro kind of drops the whole theme of the series, and like it's a one, two, three, four, five, six. It's an eight panel page, and it's just a he is like picked up Daryl's hat and is dusting it off. Um, or someone's hat anyway. And he goes, uh, all things are in a state of flux. Even misfortunes are born and disappear eventually. And I was like, wow, way to drop the theme of your whole series and a throwaway line. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like this, this chapter or this volume. Yeah, this they did a good job. Good. Um, we kind of cut to like, after that we cut into like, it's nighttime and they're like doing their little like metal gear, solid splinter cell, infiltration of the uh the guard tower or whatever and it kind of sucks because they show these two dudes uh these two cultists uh rolling around patrolling talking about yeah i need to take a couple days off my mom's roof is leaking i need to go help her and i feel really bad because the rainy season is coming and uh you know I want you, to go you know in that instant he's dead and then bam headshot <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the Hey, here's a random guy. He's talking. Let's get to know him just for enough to feel sympathetic for him. And oh, yeah, I felt bad after that. I had to take a second. Look, even my wife can recognize that in Gundam now. <laughs> when we were we were watching, excuse me, I was watching. She was in the room. Um, Age. That was I finished it up finally. It was the only series I had not seen as far as the you know mainstream, readily available series, and. There's a part in the second arc, uh, Simu's, where I don't I don't remember the characters' names, but it was like kind of the side character that was like he goes to pilot something, and then he uh, tells the you know the female mechanic I think is 
going out to pilot and he is still on the ship. I, I don't remember the dynamic, but whoever was, you know, one of them tells the other, like, make sure you come back. And they're like, Oh yeah, I will for sure. And they just talked about the future and I didn't even have to say anything. My wife was like, Oh, well, they're going to die. <laughs> sure enough. One of them does. <laughs> you know, can you stick with the, the thematic elements of that? Let me know. I just want to note the the gunshot noise was foont, foont, foont. So maybe that's because it has a, a, a silencer. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, but that's not how silencers work, man. Anyway, I don't know. That, that's a different podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the bullet hitting his cultist guard armor because it looks cushy. Maybe, but it looks like it was just a spacesuit. I, I I don't know what a bullet hitting a spacesuit sounds I don't know, like. No, but f- the word "foont" appears at least three times. Anyway, <laughs> so they kind so, of they murder these guys in cold blood. It was the uh, what's the guy's name? Claude. Billy. Billy. Yeah, I was not close. Wow. Um. Yeah. So he straight up murders him, and he's kind of like he's kind of shown to be the dark one. He's just like, I just want Daryl to go nuts in the psychosec. I don't care about anything else. I'll kill anybody. I just want to see it happen. Yeah. And then, but then you have the other guy that's questioning Daryl's uh, loyalty to Zeon. Or Sebastian, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and Sebastian's whole thing is he's like obsessed with Billy, thinking Billy's is gonna be gonna be a new type. Yeah, uh, Sebastian just is like, do you care about Zeon, or do you want to, or you just want to like pilot the Zaku again? You you crazy ass motherfucker! And so the. Uh, <laughs> They infiltrate the tower, and then uh, in the tower, they basically uh, they look for information. They can't really find much. And they basically say there's not really much data here. The network sucks. There's no. We kind of wasted our time. Um, during that, pro- they kind of roll out, and then during that process, uh, Claudia and the uh, other dudes find the the deadened guards. And yeah, kind of like jump into rolling around looking for uh, disabled vets, and you see them going through like kind of systematically gathering up all of the wounded vets. And you see most of them have at least two missing limbs. Um, I think, well, actually, it may have may, maybe a minimum of three, but they're ba- she's basically like, look, we're going to take care of your kids for you. Um, we're going to give you a new purpose. We're going to take your other arm off. We're going to put you in a Zaku. You don't worry about that last part. Um, your kid's going <laughs> to be in great shape. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, uh, Claudia runs into Daryl, and um no she goes there on purpose yeah okay yeah so she yeah, goes yeah, she, she kind of she she's kind of looking for him because i think she, it, it sounded like she was going around asking around trying to find um a vet like a disabled vet and she was going around finding them like looking for him yeah but they start brawling like they all start fighting shooting there's a gun battle um and then right when they're all about to kill each other we we get our our new type flash of the volume, <laughs> where Levon Fu uses his new type powers to stop everybody. Yeah, he kind of stops everyone, and then um, did she, did he make Claudia shoot the the shoot the other people? Is that no? She hard? stopped. He stopped Claudia. He stopped everybody at that point. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, one thing we missed is Fisher was trying to get laid. And uh, he basically got yeah. discriminated against, and that does come back up. Uh, yeah, the the hooker yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah. he tries to find a hooker, and then some weird dude uh, in a, in like a thong or something like that tells him he's, he can help. He can hook him up. Yeah. He's inspired by Lane. Oh yeah, he had like the 
the leather box. Do you bottle. have assless chaps? I do. I do. <laughs> anyway, I mean, he does He does find a hooker. And we learn that her name is Vivi. And, um, She's also named, an amputee. Yes. Yep. But, yeah, we have a named character. So, um, yeah, she comes back up. Just not here. It's just a weird spot to dump that, but I guess they didn't really have anywhere else to do it. No. I mean, they kind of spread it out between eight and nine, too. Oh, yeah, they did spread it out. <laughs> um, yeah. so during the whole like uh, the shootout where Levin, uh, Levin Fu stops it, he kind of new types Daryl and shows him an image of him like floating above the Saikuzaku and is basically like um, looking into his mind and Daryl's all freaking out and he tells him like I can see through time mm-hmm. yeah he's like Daryl I want you to overthrow the Federation and lead the world to peace and Daryl's like, nah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he was like, nah. He looks he looks interested. You don't get a good sense of it, but it, he resisted. It, he 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 wasn't like, all right, let's go. He he pushed back enough at this this yeah. point that um you know he stayed with his people. Yeah, but they knew. Like there's some foreshadowing in there that they know if he comes under the influence of this dude, like now, to me, I think there's evidence later that he like, has actual brainwashing abilities. Yes. Not just, he's not just really charismatic and convincing. They give him some, his new type magic is like actual brainwashing. And uh, my note is when he says, I can see through time, my note is it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. Hickam uh, and his act guy, save uh, Daryl and his unit just as the Spartan shows up at the rig. Yeah. So the Spartan shows up and kind of like, it looks like he's, does the, it does the act guy knock the like room off of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it kind of like pops, snatched pops him out of that water. section of the, the rig off. Right. When I first looked at it, I read it as they got, they got shot off or something like that by the Spartan. But that's definitely, as I'm looking at it now, I realize it's not correct. Um, but anyway, he, he, he grabs them, saves them. And then, uh, the Spartan shows up and they're just, it's kind of crawling with, uh, GMs. Yeah. Yep. So recognizes it. what's that? Daryl clearly recognizes it too. Has Daryl even run into it at this point? Yeah. That was the, um, he knew that as the ship that was sending out, uh, all the stuff in the Thunderbolt sector. Cause that was the ship in the Thunderbolt sector. He knew that's where, uh, uh-huh. he was. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, on to volume nine, the Spartan shows up at the rig and they basically disarm the monks in mass. Um, uh, Fisher's hooker asks him for help. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, but it's the hooker, and then she's like, "Oh God, I need to save my son." But her son is a paraplegic genius. Well, one thing to note um, is at this point the uh, Spartan actually does start wrecking shit and just shooting, blowing shit up. And it's a fucked up day for everyone on the rig. Yeah. So they basically get the orders that, um, Hey, we know that, that, that the cultists are trying to recruit psycho Zaku pilots. So you either need to take them all or kill them all. Like that, that is the order that's given. So big objective is to not let anyone escape. 
Um, and then it kind of cuts to the Federation perspective. Um, and they kind of start talking about what they're doing as, is you know, they want to try and capture all, actually capture the pilots um, and then block anyone from escaping. And then it kind of, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, is, do we think Alex, the kid in the wheelchair, Vivi's son, is that a like homage to 0080 since this takes place in 0080? And it's like the guy that Al talks to on side six. Oh, interesting. I, don't I just because that guy was, you know, it was an older guy in a wheelchair, and this kid looks kind of like him, just but he's a kid, maybe. And so I, I, I just thought it maybe that was an Easter egg because he's not that important of a character. But you think he's going to be when you first meet him. You're like, oh man, this is like um, mm-hmm. genius, crazy kid that's disabled, and his mom's a hooker. So like, this is this is a series waiting to happen. Yeah, there's. So what he's done in volume eight and kind of the start of nine and he's, he's built up and, and this actually goes back a bit into like volume six and seven. And it's just stuff that the anime doesn't do well um, because they are probably not going to cover this in this detail, Uh, but they really build up the Loren squadron and you, you've got this sort of just this group in Daryl's orbit. That's generally pretty close to him geographically. uh, That's sort of allied with him. And they make more allies and you, you get this feeling that they're going to be the important characters. Um, but that's not what they're here for. But at this point in reading it the first time through, I, I definitely had that feeling. Hmm. So we go through a weird, not weird, but just, it, it's kind of cool and it's kind of predictable after the first few pages too. Um, Love on Fu is doing a lot of like new type psychic, communication with all the different paraplegic pilot people on the rig and basically guiding them to safety. Um, and throughout, and this is during this, this uh, Spartan assault, uh, the pilots from the rig or the pilot candidates from the rig, they get together and they get in this underwater sub that has a whole bunch of M- uh, mobile suits in it. And um, and they start trying to escape out out of the um, the rig. So what we don't see is the Federation has kind of encircled the entire rig um, to prevent people from escaping. And they've they've got some strategy like, oh, if they're slow, let them go. If they're going fast, then stop them and blow them up or whatever. They're not letting anybody go. Well, they they were saying prioritize the people that are going fast. You can catch the slow people later. They're probably just like people on like little tugboats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is where you get that. I have this down as defection number one. Uh, you have Fisher helping out Vivi and Alex trying to help them escape. And uh, Levin Fu does his like warging or whatever new power he just happens to have in this panel uh, into Vivi. And uh, when she kind of like comes back to her senses, um, she's telling Fisher to leave Daryl and join them because Sojo and Levin Fu said that he'd put her Vivi in a psycho Zaku. And Fisher's like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Whatever yeah. you want, baby. Yeah. I'll be your kid's new daddy. So anyhow, and then they get to, um, they end up on a fancy submarine. I didn't take a note on it, but there's a point here uh, where 
one of the escaping lifeboats like doesn't stop when it's supposed to and Alicia on the Spartan just sort of takes it out. Yeah. And I thought that was a nice parallel to what Billy does in the volume before mm-hmm. where Billy is just kind of cold blooded on the Xeon side, just shoots a couple of guards, gets over, moves right on. Uh, and then you have Alicia's working for the Federation lifeboat full of refugees and she just takes it out because that's the orders. And, yep. Uh, it's, it's a, just a knife. It's not nice, but it is an effective reminder that these are just people fighting a war and of all the collateral damage. So Gundam's very large overarching theme of war is bad. Hits you over the head a couple of times. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the last version, uh, in the last volume, you had like soldiers getting ready to rape people and, um, Hickam had to stop him and basically said, Hey, you're going to besmirch the Zobby honor, the Zobby family honor. I'm like, dude, if you only knew. <laughs> it's kind of funny seeing all that retrospective, like, don't, don't disgrace the Zobbies. <laughs> don't make space Hitler's legacy bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, they face off against um, Claudia's unit. Um, and they're like shooting missiles and torpedoes at them and everything. And they have some like sound wave stuff that's able to take out the torpedoes. Um, they get past Claudia's unit, um, only and their rear guard. So they have like some guys that are piloting some mobile suits underwater. You mean Bianca's unit? I'm sorry. Yes. Gun cannon aqua and all that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Bianca's unit. So, um, the rear guard gets attacked by the Atlas that's protecting the the sub and just gets destroyed. Um, and Fisher leads the sub, uh, up to our Zock again. Um, and the, the Zock fires at the Atlas and allows the sub to get away. And the Atlas is for the first time that it has entered battle, not destroyed. (laughs) <laughs> this is the first battle that we've seen EO get in and not end up in worse for wear. <laughs> he does waste a lot of ammo. So everything Lane just described in about 30 to 60 seconds or so, I didn't count it. That's half of the volume. It's four chapters. Yeah. yeah it's long. Well, it's, it's like a solid, what, three of those chapters are just him chasing the sub. There are three chase chapters. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There that are just it's just that. And then kind of the end of the chase is one more, and then the after the chase is one more, and that's the end of the volume. Um I I mean Luke, we were kind of chatting about this a little bit last night. Uh like it's okay. To me it was long. But I know you really like this part. Yeah, I I did enjoy it, and I think it was just I think I enjoyed it because first of all, the mermaid squad is badass, despite the immediate instant death of all of them. Their uh, mermaid Zaku's were pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really liked this. I, it didn't feel long to me when I was reading it. I was kind of moving through it. I thought, I thought it was like really well drawn and, and all of that stuff. And I thought there was a lot of, um, they kind of kept cutting back and forth between um, uh, like EO pursuing them um, and then like cutting into the sub. And when they were trying to like, the sub was flooding and they were trying to like solve that problem. And then, uh, kid was like oh we gotta close this valve and like all that that. so i I don't know i enjoyed it um i thought it was pretty interesting um 
Yeah, I, I didn't mind this volume as much as I, I did not like. So volume, I think, 10 and volume 12 to me were some that really dragged on or just didn't have much going on in them. Yeah, there's a there's a good joke in there, too. There's another um, – it's April. It's another hooker from the rig to just make it as plain as I can. Um, and, yeah, that part you mentioned where Alex is like, you know, we have to uh, – we have to clear this pipe. She's like, I'm good at clearing pipe. Yeah. Well, yeah. He gets a look on his face. Like, uh, Alex is like, I don't understand what you mean because I am eight. And what is this? <laughs> yeah. So, um, Cornelius gets Ensign Carlisle. Um, she's, uh, is injured. He gets her mostly naked and gives her mouth to mouth. And tells her that he wants to start a band with her, which you know, she suggests that oh, she does. Like, he's, you know, she comes to with him, give her mouth to mouth. And he's like, I heard, I heard about you. I'd heard about your tattoos. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, she said he had a nice voice that he should be a singer. Yeah. It's a weird scene. Yeah. I mean, um, Cornelius is kind of just an awkward milk toast anyway. So yeah, he's like, it's like they want him to be a main character or like an important character, but they just can't quite like push him over the line. <laughs> no, yeah, he definitely uh, does not have a solid commitment. Um, so Fisher officially leaves Zeon for his hooker and her kid. Um, and Daryl and his unit have captured uh, Claudia and, uh, we also finally see, and this this kind of goes back to uh, Bandit Flower, the cult commander uh, is is their leader, right? So, or not the guy that um, Bianca fought in the the snow, Kaufman, Kaufman, yeah, who is he's, yeah we know working for he's a double he, he's got a Zeon uniform on and is pretending to serve them, but we know he's with the Alliance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is volume nine. Yep. All right. So volume 10, Dr. Mitchum is still crazy and mm-hmm. Daryl is still her daddy. Um, yeah. I never liked that. <laughs> it, it, it weirded me out. Yeah. I liked the very modern, uh, co-ed showering scene. That was, uh, like, of course all the soldiers shower together. Yeah. So they kind of take a, the story takes a, a bit of a, pause here so you got volume eight and nine is okay now they're they're on the rig and then the shit hits the fan and we've done some character development and now they've escaped and so he's moved some chess pieces along in a couple of volumes and then at some point for some reason now probably just because it's a serial manga and he wants to keep it going as long as possible to get a paycheck um we take a story beat because the Spartan needs to resupply and they're two days out from Peckinborough and they're going to stay there for another seven days resupplying. So I have basically, five sentences for volume 10. Yeah. Um, basically nothing happens. Um, I did have a note here. I mentioned Alicia. They show her sleeping very soundly after murdering refugees. No, <laughs> no qualms. There's a whole page dedicated to her uh, past the fuck out. Um, Cl- Claudia and, and Daryl make out on camera. And Kaufman's into that. Oh, yeah, you did take a few notes. That's like the last page of the... The one thing that I really uh, that I really got out of this volume was it was kind of the formation of the trust. 
squadron. Yeah. That was like the big thing was it was kind of showing um, EO being a douchebag. And then the trust squad was like, yeah, fuck this guy. And then uh, they kind of like grew it. Like as they go through the novel, they kind of grow on each other and kind of develop the, the trust squadron. Yeah. Well, what you have here. So I think there is some, I think development that we don't know yet if it's important, but it felt like it might be. And the long and short of it is that EO does not like director Humphrey, the one from Jabiru, mm-hmm. uh, the old lady. And it's like, you know, they're out having fun. And then they call him back because they show him an image that was taken at the rig of Daryl and Claudia. And uh, he's obviously like shocked, like, Oh, oh, it's that guy. And it's, it is, it's Claudia again. Oh man. And Humphrey is kind of baiting him. And she says, Hey, what are the odds? The enemies from the Thunderbolt sector meeting like this. Claudia is now captive of the Xeon remnant forces. And EO starts laughing. And then he just gets like big mad. And, he says, you say that like it means nothing. I'll kill you, you bitch. <laughs> uh, and this is, a again, one page of his face yelling capital letters on all of that. And these guards come, start coming in. And Pike's like, wait. And then EO starts beating the crap out of them anyway. Um, and then you get a little bit of a moment for Captain Pike where he just, like, he sees the guards being competent. So he just goes up and takes one swing at EO and knocks him out. Yeah. Um, and also, so this is where you get into the trust squadron stuff. EO gets thrown in the brig like any good Gundam pilot, as is tradition. And it's his own brig. It's from his own side. So he has now met that qualification of being a Gundam protagonist. Thrown in the brig of his own ship because um, he's mad at somebody. And 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 he so, goes on a rant about how he, he just wants... Claudia to be free and be able to be a good wife and a good mother and yada, yada, yada. And Bianca is like letting him vent, letting him vent. And she's just drawing a logo the whole time. And then when she shows it to EO, he's like got a tear in his eye and he's like, Oh, Oh, maybe there are other girls. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, Levin Fu has a, a whole collection of Xeon followers um, and introduces Claudia gets to meet them. And uh, Daryl takes Mitchum to the, the cultist with the Xeon followers. It's kind of weird that, that like this volume sucked. Sorry. <laughs> it, it just was like kind of meandering. I don't know if there's a long wait between nine and ten, but if I if I was like if I finished nine and was like, all right, I gotta wait a year for volume ten and then I got volume ten, I would have been pissed. I think the longest wait was between volume eleven and twelve. Cause I think eleven and twelve was like six months apart. Or was it ten and eleven? Because there was one that it 11, took like a, a quite 10 a while. Eleven were a month apart. Okay. Uh nine and ten were like six months. No, I mean, it wasn't really in a huge weight. Uh, the early ones, a lot of them came out in 2015, and then it slowed down dramatically. Yeah, volume 10, we've gotten 10, 11, and 12 this year in English officially in print. Yeah, um, we're gonna, Volume 10, it says first printing February 2019. And 13's uh, not out until like February of next year. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were... There were a couple of good parts in it, but you know, at the end, you kind of learn that 
um, the alliance is in a volcano base. Yeah, that was a big key takeaway there. They have a volcano base. Yeah. And now there's an emergency dispatch. So EO gets released from the brig because he needs to fight after not being in there very long at all, as is tradition. <laughs> yeah. So on to volume 11. <laughs> so uh, volume 11 is, is the one that I think sucks that I took very, very few notes on as I was going through. And I was like, yeah, nothing happens. There's, there's, a few, happen, there's a few things that happen near the beginning. And then it's just like a lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. So Daryl basically admits that <clears throat> he's with Levin Fu now, just so he can pilot the psycho Zaku. Um, he also kind of says like, yeah, you know, we Levin Fu wants to help uh, professor Mitchum. So that's also why I'm helping. But basically I just want to pilot the psycho Zaku. Um, What's well, yeah, I just want to pilot the Sekuzaku and kill Eo. Yeah, that's all he wants. That's all he's, he wants. A, he's a simple kind of man. Yeah, and oh, and and he wants to bone Carla, but he he wants to do it after she's been her brain has been fixed. Well, Carla, well, not, not just that he doesn't. He wants to bone her when he she doesn't think his that he's her daddy. That's but, what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, again, so I can have sex with you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's not weird, Daryl. You're getting evil here. So Daryl helps um, take out the uh, the underwater. Um, God, what what is the name of that base? Uh, the uh, Dolos. Yeah, yeah, and this so this is where you've got that General Kleiber guy um, giving a speech. And Billy's really mad at first here that Daryl has betrayed them as going over to Nanyang. Um, they, so they blow up the Dolos while this speech is going on. Kleiber somehow escapes and is in a Grublo. And Kaufman has also revealed his betrayal and is fighting the Grublo in a Gog. And then yep. Daryl shoots and blows up the Grublo and kills Kleiber and the Zoclans and you basically have a scene here where, you know, whoever was on the Zoc, uh, it, they're kind of just choosing sides of like, they're either going to stay with Daryl because they like Daryl. And because Daryl's going to Nanyang, they're going to, or they're going to remain loyal to Zeon and, and get on some boats and GTFO. So those characters you thought were important in Pedro, uh, what's his name? Commander Gala and Janice, they kind of peace out. And that's that. But pretty much everybody stays with Daryl that we care about. Sebastian and Billy. Yeah. Stay with Daryl. The others don't. Yeah. So at this point, Mitchum has uh, found out that Daryl is not her daddy. Um, She's not fully recovered yet, but she's like on her way to recovery. But she still wants to call him daddy. (laughs) Which is fucking weird. Um, But they get to the volcano base. And we get to see probably my least favorite character of this whole thing again. We get to see Sexton, who who was working with Mitchum in the beginning. Um, Just working first, man. Yeah, he's he's working on the Psychozaku still. Yeah, his whole purpose is to give Daryl the exposition of, here's what we're doing here with all of these Psychozakus. Yeah. Um. So Claudia 
apparently has some new type knowledge that Daryl and Io will face each other and that uh, she says they will become martyrs. So she pretty much knows that they'll both die according to Levon Fu. Um, And we get to see that they've built a bunch of Psycho Zakus. Yep. Psycho Zaku Mark II. Uh Yeah, Mark II. I was actually trying to look up information on the Mark II but it seems like there's not any yet. It doesn't yeah. have any fucking armor because they're not done building them. That's yeah. They, they never put armor on because they couldn't calibrate it without Carla. Right, yeah. So they need her there. And uh, she, she goes to Levan Fu and he, he wakes her up. Yeah. And so they, they work on the Psychozaku and Daryl gets in a naked Psychozaku and uh, kicks a lot of ass in it. Yeah, they do um, like a, test, a test run. Yeah. Yep. And then he gets naked with Carla and taps that ass. Yeah. So she, Mitch, she she figures out that her dad has died, and then she barrel dang, bang. Bleh, then she bangs Daryl. Yeah. So my note for the final chapter of this volume, which is chapter ninety-seven, I have two notes. The first one is just Daryl and Carla fuck, <laughs> and the second one is Levon Fu reveals plan to use Solar Ray to wipe out Anaheim Electronics on the moon. And he will need 32 psychozakus. Now, I just remember writing out those sentences and then putting my pen down and going, what the fuck am I reading? (laughs) (laughs) My sentence for this one is, Levon Fu wants to use 32 psychozakus to hijack Psy-3 space laser and blow up Anaheim electronics on the moon. That's your big bad villain of the series, everybody. (laughs) That's the plan. Uh, Ostensibly, this is because Anaheim Electronics is making like war machines, and he just thinks like killing them would like solve everybody in the world problems and lead to world peace. But they're making war machines, so I'm going to make some war machines to go kill him <laughs> for his war machines with my war machine for peace. Let me let me take care of Lockheed Martin because certainly no one else would make anything if I do that. So. We, we've talked about this a few times, Scotty. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we, Luke, Luke's talked about it too, just not as much because Luke, Luke doesn't troll people as much as we do on the internet. Um, <laughs> I have to say, if we're talking actual trolling, you tro- you do actual trolling. I make <laughs> a funny comment in passing and then will immediately a few sentences later be like, nah, but really I'm joking. You don't do that. <laughs> I, I do it. I just don't tell people I'm doing it. Like, I, I'm serious. I'm always half, half, half serious when I'm messing with people. No. All right. So Scotty and I are both in agreement. I think, I think I can rope Luke into this. Um, Thunderbolt is canon unless they blow up the moon with the space lasers. Yeah. Then, then we have to put the manga definitely aside as, as something else. Um, my interpretation was, you know, we had this big debate about, well, the guy said that like he couldn't do the stuff he wanted and it'd be canon. But then they said, nah, do whatever you want. And I heard that as do whatever you want. And it's canon. That's how I read that. Not do whatever you want. And it won't be canon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah, I don't want to talk about it again, but, it's just not worth thinking that hard about. Yeah. You know? Um, 
Yeah. So after we we hear about thirty two virgins that need to die or whatever, like this is a weird plot device. Um, Sexton wants out, and Mitchum is all in. She's got her memory back, and she gets her crazy eyes back as soon as she figures out, "Hey, man, I've got thirty two psychozakus that can go around wrecking the world. This is my jam. These are my babies." Yeah, and then you pick up into volume 12 in chapter 98. How do we follow this up? We switch <laughs> over to the Federation tattoos. and EO gets a butt tattoo. <laughs> and they all have to get it on, what is it, their left butt cheek? Left cheek, yeah. yeah. Because because uh, Bianca only has a spot on her left cheek. No, yeah. she only has a spot on her right cheek. And everyone else gets the tattoo on their right cheek. And then he realizes, wait, why is mine on my left cheek? Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. And then they're all like cracking up, laughing at him. So uh, you should edit in in the audio uh, Tyrese when they're fighting Scorponok in the desert in Transformers going, left cheek, left cheek. <laughs> Do that. We, uh,. <laughs> There's a, there's a great scene that's literally just one page and it's just a panel of four asses. <laughs> and that's, that was the intent of that page. They definitely got like way more, um, not serious with like EO's illustrations in the first couple pages here. Just him so, freaking out about the tattoos. He looks like a monkey. Yeah. It was somewhere in volume Tannish that I started to notice the art changing a bit. And I think by volume 12, it is very evident. Very, very evident. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it. And especially considering the circumstances, like I have no problem with it. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, Did we talk yeah. about that at all? him hurting his hand or him getting arthritis or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, because I'm holding volume 12 and volume 3 in my hand right now and just doing kind of a side-by-side comparison of, like, the character art, and it's uh, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, different. pretty significant. Um, old Lady has, requi- require- has recruited two new cyber new types um, to help cult- map the cult volcanoes. Oh, yeah, Lily and Yith. Lilith. Yeah. The Lilith twins. <laughs> yeah, so they are, they here are pronounced as the first successful artificial new types. And their abilities are clairvoyance and telepathy, like they're fucking X-Men. It's um, like several times, too. Yeah. But you, you read these as cyber new types, right? They never say the word cyber new type. So um, you think it's like a different is, type? What she says is that they are the first successful artificial activation of new type abilities. Interesting. Cyber new types. I usually think of as like test tube babies. And so here, especially given their age and like when they would have started tinkering around, I took this as a, we took normal kids and made them realize their potential artificially sort of as a step to cyber new types. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's also at Jabro and cyber new types. I usually just think Augusta, like it's the more advanced kind of thing going on. Um, we'll, we'll get much more into that later in uh, a year when we hit Zeta. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really like their nickname, uh, which is the Witches of Siren, which I guess is because they're Lily and Yith Sirena. Um, I, I just like the Witches of Siren. I think that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. 
Um, we we get a Star Trek reference. Oh, yeah, yeah. two two Star Trek references in one. Long live and prosper, or live yeah. long and prosper, Captain Pike. Yeah, I think Scotty actually tweeted about that this morning too. I did. Yeah, I had meant to the first time I went through it, but um, yeah, I, I figured having a ship captain named Captain Pike, uh, who is a I just remember him from the one of the recent Star Trek movies. I don't. I'm not a Trekkie. Um, no disrespect to it, just don't follow it. Never really got super into it, but I remember that being a Star Trek character. And, yep. uh, that, that he's was, a major character in the the new show too. It's okay. it's like the same content. It's the same timeline. It's just like he's more he's more of a central role in it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we did skip that I think is important with the uh, the twins, the new type twins. Um, so Lily contacts Eo telepathically and says that what they want is for him to go kill Carla specifically. Yeah. They want the crazy twins want Mitch and dead. Yep. Yeah. And there's another thing here that, uh, again, I think it's foreshadowing right now. We don't know for sure. Uh, but that, uh, if every two hours falls asleep and then yeah. he'll be awake for two hours and then sleeps for two hours. So the things are uh, time sensitive, uh, for them doing their thing. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Well, what if she falls asleep?" And and the response is like, "Well, you need to time it better. <laughs> yeah, you better be quick getting out of there." And then my note after this, my note is, uh, "Crazy twins want Mitchum dead." And then my next note is like two hundred pages of prepping for a battle. Yeah, so the Spartan leaves Pekunburu. Um, so chapter one hundred is basically the Spartan finalizing prep, having briefings, and taking off uh, and heading towards Tall Volcano. Also for chapter 100, the whole thing is in color because it's chapter 100, which is kind of cool. Unfortunately, nothing happens. <laughs> um, and then chapter 101 is the same thing, except now we're with the Nanyang group. It's, um, and then chapter 103, you would think now we're going to be going here. But no, we have Cornelius revealed as the Nanyang mole. Okay, whatever. They... Yeah, fine. Um, the sirens, you can tell, or it's foreshadowed. They're going to pick that up. And then Spartan is still approaching. Then finally, towards the end of the chapter, something happens. So Spartan is on approach to go attack, and its port side mobile suit deck is hit by a big old beam from a long distance away. Gee, I wonder. Who could that be? We see uh, <clears throat> kind of cuts to naked Zaku. Naked Psycho Zaku with the big gun. The big gun that they somehow also managed to recover from space that I thought was blown up, but clearly wasn't. Well, they had a bunch of them. Yeah. There's a part in chapter, I think it's one of, I think it's one of three where, um, uh, Bianca open mouth kisses EO. And it's like the most aggressive thing I've ever seen drawn in a, in a, in a manga (laughs) full on as open mouth as it can get. And it actually upset me a little, um yeah i just feel like pointing that out (laughs) anyway so the trust squadron by the way we didn't really talk about this but the trust squadron was essentially developed because uh eo kept blowing through all of his ammo and he kept asking for more ammo and then it made the uh, atlas unresponsive so they developed an entire squad around uh like pack muling his shit around they have to ride bitch for the atlas basically yeah (laughs) Yeah. They got a five-man squad all dedicated to just, like, 
like refueling and re-ammoing. I feel like if you have to have a whole squad around based around like the fact that the pilot is like too aggressive and his pilot and his and his mobile suit is always getting fucked up, he's not that good of a pilot. I feel like part of being a pilot is like resource management. <laughs> oh, you know what, Luke? I just looked at that thing you mentioned with Bianca uh, kissing you and. I think my only thought right now is that I, I bet the this author has a pseudonym and has made some unofficial works of those two. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I bet, I bet you're right. Yeah, I'm not going to look that up, but if you're into that, uh, Google is probably not far. It's probably why he has uh, that, that tendonitis. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> although, although there is funny imagery here because I'm looking at the panels and – you know, she kisses EO and he's got his drumsticks up at first, <laughs> but then they're down. And I'm like, wait, is that, is that imagery? Like it they're is. tilted up and then they go, Ooh. like, Oh, is he not into her? What's going on? He's, he's only got a heart for Claudia. Yeah. And at least it's not the, the little girl new type twins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, after Daryl starts sniping, he takes out a bunch of people and the Atlas is able to distract Daryl, um, while the rest of the team trust is, uh, takes out Daryl's, uh, sniping platform. Yeah. And then, um, this thing ends with Daryl and EO staring each other down in their mobile suits. I cannot tell you how disappointed I was. I was like, certainly this is where the fight starts, where the rematch starts. We're going to throw down. There is no way there could be a whole other volume of buildup. And I put this book down and I went, God damn it. It's a whole other volume of buildup. <laughs> and we know that there's a, a volume 13 coming out or there's a volume 13 out in Japan. Yep. Um, and the manga itself is not done as of like today. Yeah. Um, let me look at how many, I think 14's out already. Is 14 out? Yeah, that sounds right to me. I, I could see them wrapping this up at 15. If, if they wanted to like get a nice, have like a nice volume or two of, of, uh, EO and Daryl fighting and maybe fighting together, killing love on And then like a volume of like everybody, like, yeah, we love each other, blah, 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 and then somebody dying. <laughs> I am confident Daryl's going to die, though. Oh, I think they're they're both going to die. Um, so Thunderbolt Volume 14 came out in August in Japan. I'm going to check Amazon Japan and see if they have a listing for anything beyond that. It's going to take me a minute. Y'all fill the air. Yeah, so... I think overall, um, it's just, so one of the things we, we actually had, had talked about before is um, what are they going to do with the the anime series? Um, and there was an interview um, not too long ago with, um, what is his name? Uh, now Hiro Gata, um, who is the, the director of, um, or the producer of, some, of, of Thunderbolt. Uh, the anime and he's basically said um, when there's enough content for Thunderbolt, then we will make more Thunderbolt anime. 
So at this point, even though uh, one volumes one through three uh, are December Sky and four through seven are um, Bandit Flower, their eight through twelve is not enough for a uh, anime to be started. And, and honestly, when he had did that interview, I think thirteen was out. So eight through thirteen, which is longer than even Bandit Flower. Um, and like three times as long as December Sky is not considered to be enough content. But that that well, just kind of tells you how they kind of think about. They started doing one through three, and then they finished one through three, and then immediately went in four through four through what seven. Yeah, whatever that ended up. And they did those back to back, and then kind of were like, oh no, this is not. He that's when he got like his hand problem. Um, that's like relatively close to the hand problem. So they're probably like, oh no, we don't know if he's going to be able to keep making this at any sort of pace. So they didn't, they probably didn't want to make like a third movie and then be, then actually be out of content. I, my, my guess is they're going like, they're either going to do one movie to finish this up or they're going to do two. If they do two, it's going, it'll be the rig and um, like the chase all the way up to like the volcano. And then the second movie will be like the volcano and like the, the final battle most likely. I don't know. I don't know. I could see the, depending on how far they go, if they go up to volume 15, I, I could see everything from the volcano up to the end being a movie. And then them doing just one kind of like, well, this is eight through 11. You got to watch it to, to get 12. <laughs> so, uh, Lane, if you want to look, because the auto translate is screwing up, uh, it's probably it's clickable in our. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. What should well, I be? I don't. At? So yeah, I don't know. So that's the um, that's the Thunderbolt Volume 14 listing on Amazon Japan. So it was out in August. The machine translation is failing on that page. I don't know if you want to like read the the sizzle like snippet preview thing or not, but. Um, one thing I did notice though, looking at the Amazon Japan listing, uh, if you click it, you can like look at, um, I think it's the first chapter of it as a preview. Uh, I think that's what they meant by the art changing is very, very, very different. I don't know where to click, um, where it says, look inside, like click on the cover. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Click on the cover. Yep. And it'll pop it open, and then you just start um, with the left arrows since it's yeah, yeah. And I don't have a look inside. I have a whatever the Japanese for that is. Oh. <laughs> Weird. That's the only thing I guess that translated. Oh no. Sample or something like oh, that. Oh no. Th- this is how I know I spend too much time on Amazon. Um, mine is also in Japanese. I just knew that that's where that button was and that's what it says on books. So anyway, uh, so yeah, the art changes dramatically here and they and do start fighting. So that's good. It looks, it looks like he hasn't finished drawing it. Yeah, but I think that's the finished product there. So. No, it, it definitely is the finished product, but he actually, he said because of the tendonitis or whatever it is he has, he's like, I can't draw the small fine details anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I would expect there's no pre-order for 15 and this came out in August. So I don't know. Uh, I know, like you said, it's still being serialized, but I would imagine that so we, we've probably got three volumes left. Maybe Japan has one left. I, I just, I can't imagine this going much further. I don't even, 
I'm just imagining how they're going to stretch it out into a 13 and 14, and I'm having a hard time. Well, for, like clearly not a lot is going to happen in 13 because 14, Daryl and EO are fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I I, th- I think that um, I think that fifteen is going to be the end, and it's going to be a wrap up at the at that. Um, I don't I don't see in the Japanese here that it is a um, like a final manga. It doesn't say like it's the end or anything like that. So I saw thirty two, so I know what that's talking about. I know what that part was about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the story arcs have reached a point where they can find a logical conclusion. So let's do it. It'd be nice if he just, I don't want to say ended it while it was on top, but you know what I mean? Just kind it's of, late. it's too late for that. Let's close it out, have a nice, solid like, end. Yeah. Like, do a good job of finishing things. Like, story I love. Thunderbolt. I do. I really do. I really like Thunderbolt. It is not the best of Gundam, but I love it. And, and I think, like what we had said before, like uh, December Sky was really good, and the mo- the corresponding manga was really good. And then it took a sh- a, sh- a sharp dive. Yeah, and, and it kind of recovered a little bit after that sharp dive, but. It's been very up and down. Yeah. Down. Yep. So, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly, I've, I have read a lot worse stuff. Oh yeah. Like I've read way worse. Even recently, I'd rather read this than the new transformers ongoing. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's a shame. It, yeah, it is. Uh, okay. The new, now the new, just in case anyone actually knows what I'm talking about. Galaxies is good. The ongoing, a bold new era, the top, and all that. It's not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so whenever I, I think once um, Thunderbolt has wrapped up, we might come back and do like a final episode for it. Um, but for sure. I, I have a feeling like that might be towards the end of twenty twenty. Um, oh, let us know. If you want us to do an episode in February that's just volume 13, like tell us. Yeah, if there's enough content, we'll definitely do an episode. It doesn't have to be enough content. We do a 20-minute episode. It's fine. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if it, if it's like uh, volume 11, it would be a really quick episode. That's fine. Then we, can, then we can say all of these things again that I know I've said before and I'm repeating again. <laughs> All right. Um, so after this, we are going to jump into UC Hard Graph. And then yeah. I think after that, we're going to do Lost War Chronicles. Yeah. So we're going to continue our chronological journey by not going chronological. Exactly. Going to go backwards a little bit. But, you know, it's one of those things. Once we leave, once we go in, once we go to Stardust Memory, we can't go back to one year war except for things like we just mentioned the other media, like new media coming out. So, yeah. So I think we're going to try to do like a handful of, um, of one year war side story mangas and, and things like that. And, and if there's anything that happens up before Stardust memory, any relevant mangas, we might hit those up. I haven't looked completely at that era yet. Um, then we'll go, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, I think, uh, 
I'm looking forward to Thunderbolt ending. <laughs> I do want to know how it wraps up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the conclusion. I think I think Daryl's gonna die. I don't think Eo's gonna die, but I know Errol's Daryl's gonna die. I just know it. Yeah, I, I figure they both are, and I just want to I'd almost um, them rather just come out and be like, yeah, the ending is they kill each other. Um and then just enjoy the you know enjoy the process of how we get there and, and what the author wants to tell us along the way. And, and I'm, I'll be kind of interested how Levan Fu doesn't end up in the, uh, the new type ether and hang out with um, Lala and Amaro. <laughs> what if he just, you know, since he was supposed to not live this long, what if he just collapses and he's just dead? <laughs> like Yoda's it out or ether rejects him. Not, not even that he's just, yeah, maybe he's not powerful enough to actually do like a Yoda thing. And he just, he just dies. How would he? How would he not be powerful enough? He's like the most powerful new type that we've seen in the entire Gundam series at this point. I mean, he can do brainwashing, but I would argue that because his his powers include brainwash people, but in mass, like he yeah. could do like super long range psychic crap. Yeah, but I think I would argue that he's the most powerful. I think he's just the most powerful in that sort of way. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like, is Professor X the most powerful mutant? Well, maybe, maybe not. Right. Like, if we're talking an actual fist fight, oh, hell no. All right. Right. You know, right. but, but mentally. So maybe Levon Fu, like, he's not in a psycho Zaku. Well, he has his, all his limbs, but uh, he didn't <laughs> build himself a Gundam. Maybe yeah. he sucks at piloting. I bet, I bet he gets like the super. He's oh oh I know oh he, I know how they stretch this out. Here's my <laughs> prediction for the story. I have not read ahead. I'm sure I could go read 13 on an illegal site, translated if I wanted. I'm not going to. Um, but so I bet what happens here is that you know that for some reason you know, and Daryl are like, oh, this Levon Fu is actually real bad. We should stop him, and they try to join up, and they have to fight him, and he's in some crazy. Psycho Zaku Mark 32 or whatever, and it's big and bad, and he's piloting it, and then they kick his ass and beat him, and then they're like, wait, we hate each other, and then they have the... So, like, that's the climax. I, I would agree with you. Is their final, actually would, final battle. I would agree with you, but in volume 14, they're still fighting. According to that site you sent me. Oh, yeah, but what he's saying is that's how they're going to stretch it out. No. Uh, Okay, so yeah. maybe volume fifteen and sixteen they start fighting Levon Fu. Maybe, yeah, or maybe like that's the, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I could, I, and I feel like you can do this in in one, in one volume. Maybe not this guy. He did half a volume of a of a submarine chase, but <laughs> if, his, if his wrist hurts now, get the details. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. All right, that's all I got to say about this. All right. Well, we will check you guys out uh, in a few weeks with UC Hardgraph. Thanks for uh, checking in. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at New Type Flashpod. All our bios are in that. Um, yada, yada, yada. We will see you soon. Thank you. We'll clear some pipe. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>